IntelliKey Leadership Stories with Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson. Connect with us on LinkedIn or visit our website, pureintellikey.com. Here's your host, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson. Welcome back, everybody, to our podcast, IntelliKey Leadership Stories. This is the podcast where we interview conscious leaders around the world to talk about how they're building and guiding their organizations with a higher purpose, this higher vision to reach our human potential. We're just so glad to have it as our guest today, AJ Bishop. And Kirsten, we're looking forward to this conversation about being a more conscious investor. I am so excited to have this one. I, I just have a feeling, Mark, I have a feeling, right? Empowering the people, the person, the individual to understand how to care for themselves financially. This sounds really huge. AJ, welcome to our show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm just absolutely delighted to be here. AJ Bishop has worked in the financial services industry for a couple of decades now and leading and managing wealth management teams at top banks at Wells Fargo, JP Morgan Chase and the like. And now she has shifted that focus to really consult and coach women, especially on how to design their purpose and their life and align the investments that they make to their values and to their purpose. And AJ, what, what a great shift for you and what a great focus. How has that been? You know, it's been um, a little surreal. So I have, just like everyone, COVID, right, stopped the world and allowed me some time to get really clear on the impact and the value that I want to have. And I've always had a passion for working with individuals who want to bring more meaning into their wealth. And out came my wealth conscious coach, right? So it's it's been quite the journey. And I'm just grateful that Right? Like there's an audience, there's, there, there's people who want to start looking at wealth building. They want to start looking at investing from a place of how is this aligned with my values? How can I add more meaning to the way I spend my money? And ultimately, how can I be more conscious about my relationship with money and wealth? Well, let's just break down those words. My wealth conscious coach. There's a lot in that phrase. Yeah. So when I was thinking through what, what are we going to call this, right? It wasn't going to be AJ Bishop's wealth group or, you know, those are the, those are mainly what you hear, right? Like in my industry, people take their last name, they add wealth group or right financial services. And I, I really wanted to portray in the name of the company, this idea that it's, that it's yours, right. And yours and being accessible to anyone, because what, often happens, and I actually just read a study the other day around, especially millennials, right? What does wealth mean to you? And of course, initially money came up and right now the going rate is about $2 million is what people consider to be wealthy. But the reality is, is I teach my clients that wealth is actually three important T's as I like to call them. So it's your time, it's your talent and it's your treasure. And oftentimes, right, the treasure piece, the money is what money managers, it's what wealth management focuses on. When the reality is we are a whole person, right? We have families, we have things that we love, we have right adventures and travels and experiences that we want to have. And yes, money helps afford that. And it's not the only thing. So a lot of what I work with my clients on 
is not only this idea of right putting your dollars and your money into a place that adds meaning to you it's also about this idea of leadership and becoming more aware of right like how money or how wealth was or was not um, available to you and getting through like breaking through that any barriers that you have with it Mm. I, this conversation is so exciting. You know, one of the most profound books for me, I was told to read this book was Smart Women Finish Rich. And it was really what women historically don't do when it comes to understanding household finances. And what's going through my mind is actually a recent conversation that I had with one of my clients who's highly successful, but oftentimes it's the successful people that don't understand their poverty consciousness is driving their drive, their avoidance, right? And so she, we were talking about this idea, the phenomenon of now, right? She goes, isn't it that we're supposed to work and then we'll build up some money and then we start helping and then we start doing the things we want to do, but it's in that reverse engineering. We tithe now, we support now, we live now, we be happy now. And that abundance, and this is really a question. This is my understanding, right? But we live for the now but make smart decisions in addition that give us greater freedom. Absolutely. So my average client is extremely successful, right? So they are business owners, they are corporate American citizens, and you're spot on. They're stuck in a scarcity mindset where they feel like there's not enough, right? Or they don't have enough, or they're not good enough, or they're not worthy enough. Like, my quintessential sentence is wealth is ultimately about worthiness. And if you don't feel like you're worthy of wealth, then you won't feel wealthy. And so this idea that living in the moment and also having what I like to call the both and, right? Like you're living in the moment and you're working towards a vision or a financial legacy, as I like to call it, is actually the juicy part of wealth consciousness, Right. So much of wealth management is focused on the future, right? What do you want to do in 10, 15 years? What age do you want to retire? All necessary. And as we all know, the power is in the now. So how can I be living daily into this vision or this financial legacy that I want to create, which could be small things like, again, your T of talent. So how can I add my talent of volunteering somewhere? Or how can I spend my time in a way that is in direct alignment with my values so that when I am working, when I am generating my treasure, it feels, um, it feels meaningful because ultimately a lot of the clients I work with don't, they, there's like a meaningless, there's a purposeless um, sentiment that they have around work or they have around money because they've attached this idea that, right, you have to work hard or you have to right? Like grind to be successful. And the question I'm really seeking in my work around wealth consciousness is what is possible when you unbind money and potential? Because it's Mm. pretty, it's pretty amazing. And you spoke to this Kirsten, this idea of abundance. Well, abundance is everywhere if we're not stuck in a poverty or a scarcity mindset. So strong. As you've talked about this, I'm really starting to see the emphasis in your uh, title a lot differently, that you have a consciousness about your wealth, you know, not just that you're a wealthy, conscious person, 
you know, but you're really more aware of the wealth that you have, whatever that time treasure talent is. Absolutely. So I, I get clients who are getting divorced, right? I get clients who are trying to pay off debt. And part of that, right, initial uncertainty, which we're, we're all we're all very aware of now, right? With COVID, we've all experienced a huge uncertain scenario collectively. But part of that uncertainty is they get stuck in what I call the bottom layer of level of wealth consciousness, which is concern, right? Like they're constantly um, in that concern around how am I going to pay my bills or I'll never be able to pay this back that they can't actually start to see the actual way to do it right? Like it's just like when you're right in the middle of a problem or right in the middle of the storm and you can't stop and right. Take that moment of awareness, whether that's a breath or meditation or whatever you need to do to get present. Like you just keep going down the same spiral. So a piece of the work I do with women and with my clients is how do you just stop and get present to what you're concerned about? So then you can get clarity, which is the next level around the next step. Because oftentimes if you're so overwhelmed in anxiety or fear or doubt, then there is no clarity, right? Like you just keep, you keep fulfilling self-fulfilling prophecy. You just keep fulfilling more of the same. So true. And I guess, in, you know, thinking about your background too, in investments, you know, people now want to invest their money in companies they feel aligned with those values. And this should be really hard if all, you know, the most profitable companies were oil companies, tobacco companies, and, you know, big banks. But now we don't, we have more choice as far as where to put that money. Absolutely. So when I started as a financial advisor about, like you said, almost two decades ago, there really weren't a lot of options for investments, right? There were your stocks, your bonds and managed accounts were you know, where a portfolio manager is managing the assets that started to kind of pick up speed. But now we live, right? We live in an, we live in a technology um, decade or in a century, right? Like we're in the world of technology and what's evolved from that, which is fantastic, is a new way of looking at how can I invest in things that matter to me. So a big part of the work that I do is women get and clients get really clear on their values, right? Like that's part of the work that I do is what are your values and how do we ensure that your wealth, your investments are being allocated in that way? Because oftentimes, and it's no one's fault, but you know, your average financial advisor has a suite of options that they can give to you and they don't tell you everything else because either a, there's not enough information about it, or they're not familiar with it, but there's so many amazing new investments out there, whether it's impact investing or socially responsible, or, or like if you only want to invest in a fund that has women CEOs, or if you want to invest in a fund with um, that's primarily owned with people of color, like there's just so many options out there, but it's not talked about because of, right, the mainstream collective um, idea around greed ultimately, right? Like ultimately we want to invest in things that are going to make us a ton of money. And sometimes you can make good money in these investments. It's just, they're not the mainstream of how do I get rich quick? Mm-hmm. And a quick question, just so for my own clarity. So you're both, you work on the consciousness, uncovering what is holding you back, but you also 
provide the investment strategy services and the investment services you have. So I, I'm a, yeah, I, I would say I'm a blend. So what the beauty and what I do is that I'm the bridge sometimes is what mm-hmm. I say. I bring the practical side of wealth management to the spiritual side of wealth consciousness. So I work hand in hand with financial planners and financial advisors, as well as clients to when they get to the piece where it's time to start allocating your assets, how do you want those assets right created? Mm-hmm. And I'm not one to say I have 100% of my assets in cryptocurrency, right? Like that's, that's just not financially prudent of me. And there is a space for people who may want to, right? Like a big part of what I like to do is create fun in wealth management because mm-hmm. fun is not a big word in, when it comes to stocks and bonds, right? Like it's not it very- really I, It I, I, really isn't. I haven't heard those two words together a whole lot. <laughs> and so by creating fun, right? Like what's some fun money where you can get excited about learning about money? Um, and so- my clients will often be like, well, I'm interested in cryptocurrency. Okay, well, let's talk about that. Or I'm interested in learning more about, right? Like cannabis, of course, seems to be another big one. And those are traditionally investments that a financial advisor honestly can't talk about because they're not regulated through the Securities Exchange Commission. So it's, I work indirect with um, licensed because I am still licensed. I don't use my licenses, but I, I, I work with women to create an allocation that feels, again, meaningful to them. Because mm-hmm. what happens when it doesn't feel meaningful is it's just like anything else, right? Like on the street, it's like, oh yeah, that's, that's that you know, red car that drove by. It doesn't feel personal. It doesn't feel like it's part of who you are. And really the idea is that, right? Like wealth is actually within us and it's also outside of us. And so we want all things to be in alignment. Well, yeah, and what a great conversation because yeah, listeners who are used to hearing this show, we talk a lot about spiritual principles and we talk about this kind of conscious leadership. And Kirsten, I don't want anybody to mistake this for an investment financial show. All of a sudden, we're going to end up in another category on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> right, right. But I mean, but isn't it fascinating that we vote with our dollars? So whether we're talking about investing in a mutual fund or whether we're talking about shopping at a store, you know, that has shared values. Uh, I think this is what I'm learning from this conversation, that this is not about investment advice. This is about how to express your principles. A hundred percent. I might have to like write that down and steal it from you. Says the conscious, that's, conscious that's brand expert. That is, that that is, is Mark. Good, that is good marketing, Mark. But you're spot on. So a big part of, so I talk about four buckets of investing, right? Cash, income, growth, and what's called legacy. And legacy is where most financial advisors, planners, right? Any, they don't really... The word legacy, often people think, okay, estate planning, but legacy, I mean, right, are there things that you want to go do and see in your lifetime, right? Like I'm a big travel buff. So this year has been a huge like wealth depreciating year for me because I love to travel and experience new culture. So to me, that's wealth building. But there's also this idea of investing in yourself, right? Like so professional development or education or you know, taking a course that you really long to take 
that to me is an investment. That to me is wealth building because at the end of the day, you're becoming a better citizen, a better contributor to society. And ultimately that- Oh, go yeah. ahead. Oh, doesn't Oprah always say you're your number one investment? And if yes. you're not investing in yourself, you've missed the asset. Absolutely. And, mo- and, and most, especially women, do not feel comfortable investing in themselves. There's something, mm-hmm. right? And that goes back to this idea of worthiness, right? Like I'm not worth spending X amount of dollars to go get a massage or to pay for continuing education or to go back and get my law degree. And that's where I think our biggest, um, our biggest opportunity is right. Because at the end of the day, we all, we all long to have meaningful lives. And Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone wants their gravestone to say, right. She was a hard worker. No No. no one wants to go to the grave. Was full. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So a big part of legacy is just taking right? Looking at the things that are important to you. And as you said, allocating them, allocating your dollars towards that. Well, and, you know, we've talked about, uh, you know, uh, aligning fun with some of this investment type conversation. But I also must say, as you talk about these spiritual principles and practices, you know, this is an audio podcast. So the listeners aren't seeing the scene that we see behind you. And uh, not a lot of financial advisors have plants and a Buddha and a dream catcher and an inspirational calligraphy poster behind them. But I, I have a sense that for you personally, this is all part of your package. It absolutely is. And it's funny because I tell people I came into the industry by accident, but I stayed by choice. And when I was a financial advisor, my office looked exactly the same and people would come in and they'd be like, wait a minute. And of course, because they hadn't met me before, they assumed AJ was a man. That was always the number one thing, but they were always a little, um, as they should be right. Like women or people in general, let's just say, do not have the best of opinions when it comes to financial institutions, especially after 2008. And so in a lot of ways, it just really let people's guard down, right? Like I'm a real person, just like the two of you, this just happens to be my expertise, but I also have a very strong root in yoga that I would be amiss by saying I am not an active yogi. So I have a meditation practice, right? Like I walk the walk and talk the talk that I, the coaching, right? All of that, everything I give to my clients, I do myself as well. And that's the integrity, right? So one of my values is integrity. And so if I won't do it myself, then I'm not going to tell my clients to do it. And that's where, right, like the whole person, the whole AJ comes to every single coaching session, every single training, every single podcast interview to show that there's just this whole other way of looking at how to create wealth, how to have a new relationship with your money that can be light, Because money can be so heavy. It can be so shameful. It can create so much, um, yeah, just so many emotions that have a negative connotation to them. But there really is a lot of light and joy and fun in money. It's just you have to be willing to look. Mm -hmm. And bringing your whole self to it. What was the seed of that? What what in your background and in your family or in your early career, your education, what, what started to build this principle for you? 
Well, I would say I started practicing yoga at a very young age, about the same time I actually started in the industry. I was 23 when I started as a financial advisor. People are always like, that's crazy, but I was. And I remember when I very first started yoga, just similar to the way I used to look at managing money was right. Like it's a grind. I go for the, I go for the poses and I got to be able to get the poses done and they got to look perfect. And they, you know, I got to be able to bend my body in all these ways. I love that you say yoga has the potential to be a grind because it does. (laughs) Yes. Right. And I just thought it was the postures. I just thought yoga was okay. I'm just here to get my exercise in. And then I was introduced to a really phenomenal teacher. um, Baron Baptiste is his name that brings this whole other, there's two, there's two other sides to yoga, right? There's technically eight niyamas, but he really has an emphasis on what's called inquiry, which is self-awareness and meditation. So I had started meditating probably about seven or eight years ago regularly and saw that the way I was generating wealth was just really not in alignment with who I am at my core. And that was very evident because I was spending money like it was um, water going down the sink. Like it just, I couldn't stop spending money. I was making great money at the time, but because I wasn't in alignment with my values and I wasn't working towards a financial vision, it just was gone, right? Like I was, I was the unfortunate extreme of the now. (laughs) I want this now, I want this now. And so by bringing mindfulness, by bringing consciousness to my spending habits, to my relationship with money. I had to look back and say, where did this start? So I always start with my clients with what's your money story? How did it get created, right? What are some of the earliest childhood memories you have of money? And then we build from there to see, okay, what actually is true? And what is something that you made up about it, right? Mm -hmm. Like is, is you, you may remember that is happening and you also made it mean something that it really doesn't. So because you have the power to make that story up, you actually have the power to unlearn it and create a whole new future. And you really spoke to that shame. I think Mark, our last guest talked to the avoidance in families, even having conversations, that shame, especially here in the United States, right? If you don't look good, it, it, it's an uncomfortable feeling, right? Mm -hmm. It's just uncomfortable not having the monetary, you know, things that say I've made it. Yes. Because they tell us, pick us up here by your bootstraps, you know, like you've got to make it. Working towards, right? So I'm half Brazilian. My mom's from Brazil. My father's African-American. So I was born into this American dream, right? Like you're going to have it so much better than we did. My mom, you know, traditional Brazil, she lived in the favelas, that side of my family still Um, just got running water, like they just got plumbing. So, you know, she had this whole vision and dream of us girls. I'm I'm from an all girl family, even though I have an all boy family now, Uh, us having right everything that she never wanted, which was great because how it benefited me is I have a ridiculous work ethic. Like I have the stamina to work so many hours and I was working so many hours in corporate America and I burn out, like I burnt out. But the downside to that is I also have, and I tell people the secret is these thoughts and patterns don't actually go away. You just become aware of when they're coming up so you can stop them sooner. 
but I grew up with the belief that it could all go away one day because when my father passed away, when I was a baby, she inherited a large sum of money and didn't know what to do with it. So like any other person, she trusted someone who she thought was a good investor, a good planner, a good advisor, and he gave her really bad advice. And so she actually just retired three years ago at the age of 75, when um, if she had had the right advice back then, right? Think about, he passed away in the eighties, right? I could have a totally different life. I could be a trust fund baby. So, you know, I could have taken that story and created, and for a while I did create the story that, right? Like you can't trust anyone, right? Like you got to work hard to get it done, but through the rewiring and the working and the consciousness work that I've done on myself, I can now see that that's just a story and I can see when it comes up, right? Like when my partner and I get in an argument about buying a $600 PlayStation, I'm like, the kids don't need a $600 PlayStation. And he's right. Got a different money story of, right. He wants to provide his kids all of the things his father didn't provide for him because his parents got divorced. So it's, it's so complicated and it's beautiful. <laughs> and that's really the, that's what I love to do. Like I love the allocations. I love the investment strategy, but I really love working with people to get them really into the meaning of and changing the meaning around any money stories they have or wealth mindsets that are stopping them. And it sounds like such meaningful work and highly rewarding just when you see it come to life. Yes. Well, and people are always like, well, what's your goal, right? Like what's your financial goals? And I feel very blessed because through hard work and consciousness, I am independently wealthy. And so sure, of course, I'm out to make money, if you will. I still have bills to pay, but I'm actually in the realm now of contribution, right? Like that's the highest level of wealth building is when you are contribution and you can give back. And so my vision is to impact a million people who will then go impact another million because, you know, it's like you use the word Oprah, but Oprah has always been my idol because she is just one woman, but her impact, right, has such a ripple effect. And that has always been my vision is to bring a whole new right? Like way of doing wealth building into a conscious light. Well, I have a sense that those ripples are creating big waves. I <laughs> sure hope so. Describing <laughs> that. It's certainly great. Well, AJ, how can we connect with you and uh, follow what you're doing and learn more about you? Yeah. The best place to find me is on Instagram. I'm at my wealth conscious coach. We also obviously have a website, mywealthconsciouscoach.com. And yeah, I would love to hear from any of your listeners. I, um, I just love to get to know people and hear their journey. Well, I'm sure we're going to continue that. And Kirsten, I know just as AJ talks to her clients about things that they can do to improve, you know, the use of their time, treasure and, and talents, you talk to your clients about this too, don't you? Absolutely. We do. We do. Yeah. 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 There's a, it's beautiful, right? Because when we look at reaching your full potential, if your financial health is not order, it's not in, not in order, it's not intact, right? We need all aspects of that wheel. And many of our guests have talked about that wheel of self-care, right? It is a very loving act to care for your financial well-being. So Kirsten, if folks want to learn more about your classes and programs, we'll send them to pureintellike.com. AJ, we just can't thank you enough for a great conversation. Thanks for being on our show. Thanks for having me.
Our guest has been AJ Bishop. She's the CEO and founder of a great company, My Wealth Conscious Coach. She's been a financial advisor and she really is now helping her clients take a look at the total picture of how they invest and how they spend and how they think about money. And that's leadership on a personal level. And we just thank you so much, AJ, for your perspectives and experience. Well, I'm grateful that you are out here doing the great work of conscious leadership. It's um, so needed, especially now more than ever. So listeners, come back and join us again for our next episode. We'll continue these conversations with conscious leaders from all over the world, how they're building and guiding their organizations. And they might be nonprofits, they might be solopreneurs, all kinds of businesses that are leading in a more soulful, in a more purposeful direction. And that's what IntelliKey is all about. So for Kirsten Gouldy, I'm Mark Stenson. This is IntelliKey Leadership Stories, and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to IntelliKey Leadership Stories with your hosts, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stinson. Connect with us on LinkedIn. And for more information on courses and consulting, visit pureintelliKey.com. This program was produced by BSB Media, creators of IntelliKey Leadership Stories, unlocking your world of creativity, and thepeaceroom.love. Our podcasts are hosted on Captivate.fm and available anywhere in the world, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Ghana, and iHeartRadio.